Rux in general is a very multi-purpose product, meaning we have a real variety of audiences. We had a really good library of creative content, but it was fairly specific to a few different activity verticals. My original objective with Storytellers was to really branch out, tell the story of the product to different audiences in different regions of North America. The underlying objective there was just to create community. Our products built around, and still to this day, word of mouth is so important. Rock Storytellers really goes a long way to build that community. We've always had big dreams, <laughs> for what it's worth. We want rocks on Mars. That's our big, hairy, audacious goal, if you will. In 2023, say goodbye to operational constraints and skewed demand predictions. Printful Enterprise is here to take all of that off your plate with white-label on-demand production. Reach your global customer base with more cost efficiency than ever and offer them a wide range of premium quality products from apparel to home decor. Printful will fulfill pack and ship orders all under your brand. Team up with a player who will always be dedicated to your growth. Team up with Printful Enterprise. We did at D2C and we've never looked back. Learn more at printful.com enterprise. That's printful.com enterprise. Join the team. It's all killer, no filler. I'm Eric Dick. This is the D2C Podcast. And today I am here with a, a segment we used to call Rocket Seat, essentially, where we feature a client that Pilot House is currently running with and bring on the team that kind of has helped them over the last little while. This was actually part of a series that we created um, over the past month called Campaign Confidential, where we sort of went step-by-step step and really showed all the parts of a launch that go into a Q4 Black Friday, Cyber Monday launch and scale. It was a really great piece of content, so I'm super excited to have you guys here to talk about it a little bit. But before we get into these amazing Q4 results, Jamie, could you just set the stage with a little uh, backstory on what is Rux? Yeah, what is Rux? I mean, you can sum it up with our slogan and kind of our ethos, tight gear, loose plans. So we're firm believers that uh, the more organized and agile your gear is, uh, the more freedom you have and the more you can just get out and have fun. So I guess our goal is to just make it easier and faster for people to get out and have a good time outside. And the way we do that is help them keep their gear more organized and, and more ready to rock. You know, less, less junk show and more fun outside. Love it. You got all the taglines built in. And then what, I'm just curious, like what brought you to... The pilot program, essentially, like we're, we're here to discuss a little bit about how that worked. What actually brought you to join that thing? Well, we just we'd seen a ton of momentum with our brand um, and I didn't really explain what it is. But, you know, it's a gear storage system and it really took off. You know, it was definitely not just our friends and family who thought it was a good idea. So we saw a ton of potential in the brand and we had a really good first year, but we could tell it had a lot more potential and we wanted to make sure we were finding everybody we could, every new customer. So um, we'd had some success in our, in our launch year, but we just really wanted to find a, a new partner who could help us get some more eyeballs and ultimately find some more of the right customers for Rux. In terms of social media, maybe Joe, in terms of uh, you know scaling in that first year, what were the biggest challenges that you found on the ad side of scaling Rux? Yeah, so I think we... We had a, a couple partners we were working with, and then our internal efforts um, fell a bit flat in terms of just aligning our messaging with potential markets. And there was, we've had, we have a, a very good uh, internal strength at, at building out creative. Um, so we were always able to have creative, but to, to match creative to a strategic plan around reaching out to audiences was the, was the missing link. And 
were able to really connect with the with the pilot program and with the team that we were with and and kind of bring that missing link in and um, yeah started seeing results pretty quickly. Very cool. And so before, heading into Q4, I'm looking at the notes here. You were rocking a ROAS of 1.45, a CPA of 150, and an AOV of 215. And then what was your goal for Q4? Basically, what, what goal did you set for the pilot program? Yeah, I think we had targeted uh, three ROAS and just really wanted to scale up while we were at it. And, you know, sky was the limit after that. Abby and Jacob, when Rux comes in, uh, what are your what are your sort of first thoughts about the potential of of this sort of product? What what's what's a, a green as Matthew McConaughey would say? What's a what's a green flag or a green light you see when when a when a client like Rux comes through the door, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, so we were chatting during the whole exploratory phase there, and first green flag was like fit in terms of just culture and you know, working together and communication and all this, which. Honestly, at Pilot House is probably our biggest uh, indicator of clients that are going to be successful. So, yeah, just right off the bat, super, super great in terms of that rapport and uh, fit for Pilot House and Rocks. And it's then, the Andrew Wilkinson test of would you that he explained at our event of like, would you want to get stuck in an elevator with this person? Exactly. <laughs> Basically, the, the elevator stuck test. Do you guys pass it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the product like itself was super exciting, and just looking at the metrics and you know what's been done and. The success they did see through through year one there, year year one in a bit. Um, we just felt like we could come in and be the perfect like fit to help them, you know, blow it up to that next level. So anyone who's like reinventing a category, I feel like is always interesting. Anyone with like a fresh take on a you know a slightly disruptive take on a on an existing category or even category creation, which Rux is probably verging into a bit. Jamie, would you say? Yeah, I mean, that's why we were so curious about how best to find customers, because they're not just looking for a Rux yet, because they wouldn't have known that it existed or that they necessarily needed it. They just know that they have some way of storing and moving their gear, and and we know that it probably sucks or could be better. So, uh, yeah, just really had to try something different to to get the customer's attention. And then once they see what we're all about, um, works out really well. So this leads into the first, one of the first parts of the, the pilot house process I know, which is we've talked about it in the course we produce. We talk about it in the podcast all the time. It's called the pilot test. And really it's a way of finding, you know, especially for, like you say, Jamie, brands that might not even know all the people that are interested in, in your product. It's a way to like cast a really wide net and kind of go into the ad process without a lot of preconceived notions and really let the data tell the story. Abby, was it you that kind of ran the pilot test? Do you want to walk us through a little bit about how you thought about it? So we kind of break it out into two campaigns. We have the copy test and the creative test. In creative test, we test five different angles, but we keep all the copy consistent just to kind of see which one of those angles crash. And because Rex is like a all season, all sport kind of product, we we did a little different where we took like different activities. Like I had a skiing angle. I had like a garage storage angle and broke it out like that. And like uh, the top two were actually skiing and garage storage kind of to show like the collapsibility of the rucks, to show the rucks like in the snow, someone taking off their ski boots. And one thing I loved about that is it was our first Q4 with rucks. So there was a little bit of hesitancy of like, we don't know how much like people will understand that this is like an all year product, but to see skiing kind of pick up like in August was, was a really good signal for us. And garage storage, which is like the total opposite. You know what I like? It's just sort of like you have this like outdoor adventure people and then the people that use it just for pure utility in, in their garage. It's uh, it's interesting. Absolutely. And then uh, 
That reminds me, one really cool thing is like in a survey Joe was talking about a while back is a lot of people love it for grocery shopping. So it really is like a multi-purpose product for sure. So you find these two angles among all the ones that you tested were the best. What's your next move then? Is it, Sorry, and that was for uh, headlines and text or imagery or both? That was imagery. And then for copy, we took more of a approach where we did like testimonials. They're as seen as like they have a lot of good social proof and uh, testing like quality because they have like a lifetime warranty. And yeah, I'm listing all of the top performing ones. So those were the top ones. Next step from there uh, is you like match those good, uh, the top copy, top creative. And then you put those into your evergreen campaigns and start running with those. And then additionally, we had like some really solid uh, product videos that were on the account. And we were able to just pair those with top copy and keep going from there. Very cool. What's the what's the audience strategy going into the pilot test? Uh, we'd like to keep it open prospecting and just get like a wide reach and see kind of what catches there. Yeah, definitely throw in a lot of the wall at the start, see what's kind of sticking and then start to sort of iterate and filter down from there, which worked really well. Those angles that Abby just chatted about. And then right away in the process of running these angles, finding a few winners based on these broad assumptions, how were the results already pretty immediately better? Yeah, I'd say so. Once we got those evergreen campaigns set up after the creative test, we just started to see our grow as kind of skyrocket. And it was about a three consistently. So great boost. I think Rux, you guys said this, but one of the reasons Rux makes such a great partner is the amount of content, the kind of content, how cool the content is. Uh, on the podcast, we're talking about content marketing every day. And that's what we're doing here on the podcast. We've got two people coming from Mini Katana to our next event in Las Vegas. And so we we definitely practice what we preach. It's funny, I was just interviewing a guy from ta- the, one of the founders of Taxa. They're like an outdoor, they're like a bowler. They're like a modern bowler. They're sort of like, there's actually a potential partnership there with uh, with you guys and I was really advising him on your exact kind of, I didn't actually even know about your content strategy of like the Rux storytellers. But when you have a product that has people like living their best life and doing things that people both love doing and love watching, there's just such a huge opportunity to create, have your customers create content that can get a lot of views. Can you talk a little bit about your content strategy, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, we had a ton of it uh, and had collected it and been creating it for that reason. You know, there's when people are having fun, outside doing what they love it's not hard to capture some fun content for it and we just it's not that we didn't know how to do what to do with it but we hadn't found a place for it in our advertising strategy yet or at least not enough testing of it so it was really fun starting with uh, the pilot program because we didn't have to dig for more content we had it all um so it's just a matter of finally using it all and testing it and then the storyteller program kind of evolved from there when we said, okay, this is great, let's get more of it. But now we're all too busy developing the next Rux products and the growth of it. So let's get some help. And that's kind of when Joe kicked off the storyteller program and and got help from a bunch of talented and creative people out there. Can you uh, dig a little deeper on that, Joe, and tell us uh, how you thought about that project, how you executed it? Yeah. So um, Abby had mentioned it earlier, like the Rux 70 or Rux in general is a very, very multi-purpose product, meaning we have a real variety of audiences. And like Jamie mentioned, we had a really good library of creative content, but it was fairly specific to the Pacific Northwest, to a few different activity verticals. And what my intent, my original objective with storytellers was to really branch out, um, tell the story of the product to different audiences in different regions of North America. Um, and then also start the underlying objective there was just create community. Our products built around and still to this day, 
Um, word of mouth is so important with a product like the Ruck 70 that's so hands-on um, and the Ruck Storytellers uh, r- really goes a long way to build that community. And then also just to have that content from different different storytellers in different regions has been a big, big win for us. Where is it living organically now? The storyteller content? Yeah. Or is it just using ads? Do you have it on YouTube or... No, so the beauty of the storyteller content is it can be repurposed. So if we work with a storyteller, we will get that uh, creative content. Well, we'll brief the storyteller on a specific angle. Um, and then the deliverable is both raw content, whether it's still assets or video footage. And then generally that storyteller will build out an edited version as well. And so we can repurpose that on paid. We can repurpose that in our, our, our organic channels whether that's video or whether that's like Instagram reels or uh, Instagram carousels, that's great content for TikTok. And now uh, we're starting to test into YouTube with the Pilot House team. And this now all of a sudden the Storytellers uh, program lends itself perfectly to YouTube where we're going to start building out that YouTube content as well, which we haven't done to this point. I love that it's tied into Campaign Confidential as well. Being part of this, it's uh, it's really cool to be able to do this transparently as well. Yeah, it's really like a win-win-win, you know, beyond just a standard content creator deal. It's it's building their community. It's like optically the brand being built up, word of mouth sales, referrals, and then like Joe said, like tons of content for ads, you know? So it's like really the, the perfect idea. And <laughs> um, I think we have some numbers here of, since we launched that, we saw like AOV go up 23%. Um, CPA went down, you know, 7% month over month. The return went up 33%. So, uh, you know, beyond just the branding play, like performance-wise, they, they performed really well as well. Normally here, you'll hear my announcer voice telling you about one of our partner's great e-commerce SaaS businesses, but today I get to tell you about my thing and invite you to C-Suite Mastermind, Las Vegas, March 23rd and 24th. 2023. In September, we ran our first in-person mastermind in Victoria, British Columbia. It was a smash success and a clear sign to keep bringing together the top minds of our industry for concentrated learning and relationship building events. So now we can all meet up in Las Vegas, March 23rd and 24th, just ahead of Shop Talk. Check out directtoconsumer.co slash events to see the lineup of amazing mentors we're bringing to the table, including the Midday Squares trio, the founders and operators behind Obvi Collagen, Mini Katana, Kuru Footwear, and more. So whether you're building in CPG, health, apparel, or even bladed weaponry, we're going to have the content and connections at C-Suite that make a serious impact to your results in 2023. So that's directtoconsumer.co slash events, Viva Las Vegas, and let's go. I'm just curious. So you've got Joe and the, and the content team providing angles. You've got, uh, you know, yourself, uh, you guys are both kind of coming up with with the sort of ad specific angles. How do those angles match up? Are you creating angles that match the content angles? Or are you sort of just more mixing and matching the content to the angles that you'd previously built on Facebook? Well, we've really had a, we've had a ton of support from the Pilot House team on this um, building out briefs. So we've actually had a lot of direction in terms of creative. Um, so we're going to we're really we're really taking that direction and building out creative on the pilot house direction we've had a lot of ability to to test new angles test new um themes it's been it's been amazing so we'll take that and then push it back into the pilot house funnel 
alignment. That's the answer. It sounds like that, that's what's produced that for sure. That's awesome. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see that content strategy on the base floor um, before we've even built out anything. Yeah. And it was funny. We, we were talking about Sean Frank. Uh, I was just talking about him earlier and, and his whole thing about YouTube shorts and just YouTube shorts being the story for 2023. We've started, we're eating our own dog food now and, and producing a lot more short like content for YouTube. That's like doubling our subscription rate on that platform. So it's cool to see that you still have that ahead of you as well, which is like the biggest live video platform there is potentially. Totally. Okay, so let's talk about Q4 because I know a lot of the the campaign confidential series was about the run up into Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And so I'm just I'm kind of curious like high level what were like some of the biggest lessons that we learned during the the Q4 run up. Jacob, do you have any uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean we so our first sort of idea was to make sure we're testing a lot of offers leading up to, you know, Black Friday to, you know, test the viability of them, the success, the language, make sure, you know, functionally the the offers work on site. Um, so we started that kind of yeah, I mean right away, like a few months back, we actually found, you know, some some issues with like a quantity discounts and just the whole tech behind it, um, as well as, you know, maybe wasn't working quite as good as a site-wide offer. Um, so there's little learnings there and, you know, every brand really should be, should be doing that, not just kind of guess what sale to go with and go with it. Um, so lots of learnings there. And to be specific, we're talking, we're talking deciding between the discount amount, whether it's site-wide or individual products. I remember, I, or even in, I was just reading one of the pieces, it was even some of the, the language like last chance, uh, which is sort of a bit of, it's scarcity. Maybe savvy customers realize it isn't really the last chance. There, you know, there's always gonna be other chances, but last chance in this case didn't work, which was a good thing to know heading into Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's again, like kind of brand by brand. And this is why you need to be testing it leading up to that sale. And exactly last chance, maybe didn't click as well. Um, so we didn't lean as heavily into that. And then through these tests, we actually did see, you know, overall account improvements as well. Um, you know, the, the ROAS and all that uh, did improve up beyond our goals. And then we kind of, you know, got to November and it's like, okay, uh, here's where we're at. Here's where we were. Like, what's the next steps using these learnings? Um, and one big, big part of that was just the lead gen and the lead gen list and our exclusive like early access sale to this lead gen list. So yeah, maybe I'll let, you know, Abby and, and Joe and Jamie chat a bit on that, but uh, that would be great to, to lean into because that was a huge success that we learned. Yeah, let's talk about that. We lead generation. It's something that I think a lot, maybe a lot of brands overlook kind of going into the holiday season. They think about leads more as sales. Uh, in this case, what did we do to drive the leads uh, for Rux? Abby? Yeah, we actually ran, we started with two campaigns, one that uh, was optimized towards leads and one towards purchases. And we ran um, just sign up for exclusive access to an early Black Friday deal. Um and we wanted to test those to see if purchasers or leads perform better. We found purchasers perform better. So we were able to put all of our budget into that and just run it for like a good month and a half. Which is great too, because they're also purchasers, right? So even though they're cheaper as leads, they're probably more likely to be people that purchase as well at Facebook size. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of people might just assume to click leads and not like think to like target purchasers as well in a campaign like that. So it was a cool test for sure. 
And then, yeah, leading up to the sale, we gave those people early access to the sale, but we also ran our Black Friday ads targeting that list only. And it was a really cool opportunity for us to find like early signals on which one of our creatives and headlines were going to work. And then when Black Friday rolled around, we knew which creatives to prioritize there. Very cool. And then did you also run a contest, a giveaway, sorry? Yeah, we ran How did that go? It was good. Maybe Joe, you want to, if you want to touch more on that, because I know we ran it like pushing on organic and uh, paid ads, but it just gave us like another great opportunity to get a solid list leading up to Black Friday to target for the sales. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was just a great lead gen opportunity that we had pushed out in one of our earlier uh, fall tests. We ran two um, small, like uh, four to seven day campaigns or promotional campaigns uh, prior to Black Friday. Um, and that was uh, a supporter on one of our campaigns. So yeah, it was a, it was a great lead gen opportunity. It had helped inform the, the Black Friday VIP. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool to see how well our VIP, that early access VIP campaign performed, especially considering our messaging was essentially early access. It had um, no discounting messaging associated with it. Um, and we saw really great numbers from it. So, you know, looking at the results here, we looks like we hit the the, the three row ass and it looks like it's it's still trending in a, in a positive direction. I'm really curious, what did we do or what did you do on the on the Ruck side to get such a big improvement in AOV, the, the 60% improvement in AOV? Is that is that a function of it being Black Friday, Simon Monday, people are buying more? Or was there a lot you guys did on the CRO side to improve AOV? CRO is a work in progress, and actually most of our CRO efforts uh, have been implemented post-Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, the big push there was quantity discounting um, through Black Friday, and as Jacob alluded to, we were testing that um, on a couple promotions uh, pre-Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Some tests went great, some tests didn't go so well, and most of that was just dealing with our tech stack. Um, but in the end, we were able to offer quantity discounting uh, during the Black Friday period, and it really uh, super boosted our AOVs. Um, the great thing about AO, uh, those AOVs, too, is we were able to maintain them post-Black Friday, Cyber Monday. After all, Rux is a system. It's not just a 70-leaner container. It's a system. Exactly. Yeah. That's and the other, another benefit of that Black Friday campaign was just generating the customer base that we were able, or the and the lead space that we were able to speak to the system with, like, um, is really, really helped our AOV. And so, Jamie, with, with big increases in AOV, uh, conversion rate, um, ROAS, what how did did this Q4, did you always know it could be this big? Or has this Q4 kind of expanded like what your goals are for the coming years? Uh, we've always had big dreams <laughs> for what it's worth. So I don't think it expanded that, but we were thrilled. It helped prove it out, right? So we were thrilled to see that we could make it happen. Uh, and we did. And with Pilot House's help. So that was, it was just a really big validator for us. So now, rather than just wondering, you know, how's this going to work? How are we going to do it? We know we can. Uh, now we can just look ahead to 2023 and say, okay, we've got almost a whole calendar year behind us of inventory and a new marketing partner, and, and what can we do next? So it's a great benchmark and just going to try and keep growing and improving it. Very cool. What, what is on your radar for the ways that you're going to uh, get the most growth in 2023? Yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, for one, we have way more customers now and more leads, so we'd love to keep nurturing those. Uh, and like we said before, with 
not just with our CRO efforts, but just customer retention as well. You know, there's so many reasons to have either more Ruck 70s, our main product, once you've got the hang of your first one, or there's a lot of components to the system that people might not have grabbed the first time around. So that's a, a really obvious uh, place for our existing customers to go. And then we've just learned so much over this Q4 that um, we're just really excited to unpack it for the coming year. So, you know, everything from, oh, I should also mention, we did a really big, and Joe can speak to a really big PR push that we did this fall, and it almost came in so hot and quick that we barely had time to share all the places that we were featured. So we'd love to leverage that more um, over 2023. And just between that and the new customer base, you know, it's get that critical mass going. So now it's a thing. There's a little bit more market saturation. You'll see us in a few different places and hopefully finally realize, wait a minute, Rux isn't just this crazy idea by a few people up in Canada. This is actually a pretty legit way to organize my gear. And I think it'll really uh, turn over some new customers. That's just high level and vague, but um, I'm sure we'll have some more strategic <laughs> numbers to chase as well and some tactics with the Pilot House team. I'm sure. Joe, let's, we don't talk about PR a ton here, and I'm sure it had a great crescendo effect on Q4 just to have your name out there, uh, so many more people learning about you from credible sources. Can you talk about what, where PR fit into your overall year plan and just tell us a little bit about that, that, that program? Yeah, it was, it was an interesting year because essentially our, the second year of the brand um, PR is easy or relatively easy at, uh, in the launch year just because you've got that launch story behind you. Um, so last year was a lot of an internal effort. Um, we attended one PR-focused show in the early part of 2022, and then most of the next couple quarters was spent um, on, inter- on internal efforts following up on those leads. Um, we did bring on a partner late in 2022 to help us. But by that point, we had actually had a lot of leads, like warm leads, hot leads. And PR is such a long tail effort that really those early 2022 efforts really didn't materialize until November, uh, kind of late October, November, which in the end was just perfect timing for us. It, It was kind of perfect storm with all of the pilot house efforts going into Black Friday. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really nice to see results on those internal efforts and then, um, with our PR partner. Have you done any post-purchase surveying to help determine if they're like the impact of the PR or, or the ads or. Yeah, we do have a post-purchase survey in place. Um, it's fairly general in terms of specific print publications. We get a, a, a anecdotal sense of whether we're getting uh, a push from PR it is that kind of space in in our marketing play that it's hard to quantify as much as kind of our paid efforts. Um, we do have an affiliate program in place that supports PR that at least we can quantify a little better. But uh, yeah, I mean it's hard to it's hard to den- deny that um, they uh, PR probably helped us a bit this Q4. Oh, for sure, especially with this disruptive kind of new frame of mind product. Um, that people don't always know they want or need uh, makes a ton of sense. You also mentioned uh, Jamie about ongoing leads. Are you? Are, do you guys run an? Is the is the giveaway an ongoing sort of monthly giveaway in order to continually gen- generate leads, or what's the ongoing lead generation strategy? We have a mix. We um, we love it when partners in the industry want to do an event with us, or especially for us. You know, there's usually 
it's probably dozens now of brands that we've befriended who are in a similar space and have a similar audience. Um, we sort of unofficially take turns hosting a, a giveaway shared between a few brands and that we've seen great success with that because resource wise, it's easier to do one contest a year versus 12. Um, so there's, there's something going on probably at least monthly, uh, but whether it's hosted by Rux or a partner brand is sort of just to be confirmed each season. We're really glad to have built out that network of partners. Yeah, we all all contribute to each other's leads lists, and, and hopefully it's uh, like-minded customers out there. I'm going to introduce you to this taxa founder, and he was just talking about them being really focused on overlanding as this like really fast-growing space. And I imagine that's a niche for you guys as well, right? Yeah, we love it. That's one of our favorite categories. You know, you can do any activity you want out there, skiing, biking, climbing, whatever. But ultimately, you bought a Rux product because you have a capable vehicle and somewhere to go. And so it's kind of a pretty common overlap there. But you're not trying to, and their big thing is they're not trying to make, like when you go into a common Winnebago or RV, it's like, oh, they're trying to make it look like a hotel room with the couch and the TV and like that, like that doesn't jive with the outdoors. I feel like your product is is the same way, like so utilitarian to the point where it's not for people looking for that comfort necessarily. They're looking for like pure utility. Yeah. And more agile, like I'm sure Taxa and some of those other, um, you know, camp focused Trailers are more less about built-in cabinets and just permanently living in there, and more about just you know agile solutions. Like, hey, I need this gear, but now I need it at the beach, and now I need it at the trailhead, and now I need it back in my trailer or in my van. And so that's kind of where we come into the play. You don't bolt us onto your vehicle; you just grab it and go whenever you need your gear. He worked for NASA, and so literally he kept talking about habitat, and that's because when you're in NASA, you're thinking about setting up different habitats everywhere, so it's like rather than setting up a hotel in your driveway, you're setting up a habitat in some interesting area. I don't know if that'll help in your marketing. Maybe you can start, you know, if we're going to colonize Mars, you're going to want a, a Rux when you're there, I think is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. I mean, that's our primary goal is we we want Rux on Mars. That's our our big, hairy, audacious goal, if you will. So uh, Habitat or, or however we pull it off, that's one way to chase it. I think that's a probably a great way to leave this. Uh, your goal is to get rucks on Mars. It's the rocket seat. We're going to, Pilot House is going to help take you there. Uh, really excited to kind of see where this relationship goes. And uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll catch up on your YouTube success. Uh, and then uh, maybe we'll catch up on uh, in Q4 next year. But uh, maybe I'll see you at my event in Las Vegas. Anyways, it's been awesome. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks a lot, Eric. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all-killer, no-filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.